Good morning. Good morning, digital universe. Good morning, wherever you are listening from now or the future. Welcome to solitary confinement in the digital age. It's uh, 10, 12 in the morning here, which means it's 6, 12 in the morning in in and thereabouts, Vancouver, British Columbia. I'm imagining Jeremy Stewart asleep right now. No, I'm not imagining. No, that's not what I'm. Let's. <clears throat> I imagine Jeremy Stewart is asleep right now. Much better. Much better. Much more accurate. Uh, I've just woken to an email from him uh, saying that he was willing to appear on the podcast. So this might be a a nice. A nice day ahead where we can talk to Jeremy Stewart about all manner of things, or rather, as I'm sure will happen, Jeremy Stewart will carry the conversation into all manner of things. Um, but it will be those those manners of things are always enriching, fertilizing, um, dense. Uh, not dense. Let's say pithy. Pithy is much. It's much better. Uh, dense has a double edge to it that is certainly, I don't think Jeremy Stewart's ever been described as that sort of a dense. I don't think he's ever been dense being thick, being thick, kind of thick in the head, like not very intelligent, not very smart. I don't think Jeremy's ever, he's been called a lot of things, Jeremy Stewart. He's been called a heck of a lot of things. Some maybe at various points in my life by me. Uh, anyway, he probably still is called a lot of things, Jeremy Stewart. But anyway, I don't think he's ever been called dense, as in stupid. He's been called dense as in, uh, I guess, a lot to unpack. Pithy, full of stuff, full of stuff. So, it's funny, I hadn't even, I just, I'd started this podcast. I was going to, I was going to begin this podcast by announcing that it might be a two podcast um, day involving solitary confinement in the digital age. Um, one of them, which was, I've just finished some writing is one of my joys, my only joy, actually, my only joy, my only remaining joy in life is to wake up. The only time I feel truly happy is fleeting, but it's daily. It's daily when I stick to the ritual and the ritual is rising at early in the morning. Today, I'm still too um, woe-begotten today. I must be in the throes of something, but I've had three days off and today I only managed to get up at eight. I got up at about eight, probably even closer to 8.30, and I wrote until now, which is now it's 10.15. It's a little bit of writing, but I feel like I solved something in, in in, in work, working on my great work, and it is a great work. It is a great work. It's probably a great work that will never have a publisher. But I know it's a great work, and I know great works. I know a great work when I see one. I feel like I ended it. I feel like I've really hit upon something in the first chapter. I feel like it's coming together. Yeah, I wanted to talk about my writing today, my own personal writing journey. But I guess Jeremy Stewart's involved with that. Jeremy Stewart, I've we have been writer. One thing, one aspect of Jeremy's creative genius is his writing. 
and he's a he's a prolific he's a just prolific guy in all freaking manners it's hard to encapsulate him he is sort of the digital age he's like the flesh embodiment of the digital age he's just kind of a supernova i don't know if that means explosion or if that means implosion i think it means both jeremy stewart is a supernova Spill coffee, just spill coffee on my beautiful white chair, my favorite reading chair. I spill coffee on it, ladies and gentlemen. Whatever my name is, I'm a slob. I need a woman, I need a woman to come in and live in this house, also. Oh, this, 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 at this section is this is a commercial now in solitary confinement in the, the digital age. Um, I need a woman, <clears throat> end of commercial. Uh, so I've got, I went out, I left the room and I've got in anticipation of the day, three, oh God, I should put some music on in the back. It's always better. A little bit of ambient music. Should I just put on Dream School again by Jeremy? May as well, hey? Such a good little, that's, well, that's one of the, he's probably got, he's got tons of stuff. So I've got three of his books of poems, one of them, uh, which won the 2014 Robert Croach Award for Innovative Poetry. Now, I'm not a fan of these awards for poetry. I'll just tell you. I'm just pointing out that it won this award. I'm sure that I don't know. If, I don't know what I think of poetry in Canada today. I'm just giving you the facts of the award of this. Um, this is a crackling, energetic, desperate suite of poems, weird and worrying. That's what Ken Babstock uh, said about this. Flood basement. I think that was from Caitlin Press. I was at the, uh, I was at the, I was at the launch of this, and the launch of this was in uh, what the, what is called Cafe Voltaire at Books and Company in Prince George, British Columbia. God knows when that was, but uh, oh, dear Alex, this copy is a bit water damaged. Moisture, really. Is that poetic? Here's to the Northern Grit. Best always. Jeremy. It was copyright 2009, so it probably was 2010, maybe when I... 20, anyway. Yeah. How was it that? And then I have the other one. I'm just calling it a, a book of poems. I guess you'd call it a chapbook. It's something he made these... And this is called The Endless Movies, Longing Slash Fragments. Now this one has uh, some classified information in the hand, in the, in the inscription. Um, <clears throat> relating to the endless movies, but I cannot read, I'm sorry, I can't read that one on air. The first uh, poem is called Pictures of Women at a Lake. Pictures of women at a lake, paper placements. Don't worry. C sharp major or C sharp minor? C sharp, well, I should just, don't worry. C hashtag M. Changes to A. Slap myself in the face so hard. Don't worry. Imaginary meth fiend. Vandalize the parkade. 
the imaginary meth fiend. Imaginary meth fiend. Always, it's always good. It's always good to have an imaginary meth fiend on hand if you need to blame somebody for something. I find that's often it comes in handy in my life. Anyway, that's uh, I got this little parsley sent me. Solitary confinement in the digital age. I'm just drinking coffee. Drinking coffee. Little Castro's here with me. Um, I just ended a section. I'm doing this kind of subtle thing in my own work. I just kind of want to try this out loud for you. It's kind of about a character I'm writing about. Gets kicked out of a establishment. <clears throat> Let's try it from where should I? I don't want to read too much of it. I just want to read the end of it. Let's 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 with this. Let's just go this. She says to him. So the waitress is basically kicking to threatening to kick him out, saying that he can either pay and leave or be be removed from the place. And there's a bit of dialogue there, and I'd like to start it off with here. His name's Andy. Would Andy and pay, would Andy have paid and left if she hadn't said that? If she hadn't said it that way? The answer to this question will never be known. An eager and rugby, rugby scrum-sized group of doormen removed Andy from the crybaby and threw him into a bush in the park across the street. He had not the chance to grab his backpack or his manifesto. It did not end here. They watched him crawl out of the bush and go to his bike. When he unlocked it, as he was mounting it, the head big dude shouted, You are far too inebriated to ride a push bike. If you don't get off that bike immediately, I will call the police. Fuck you, Andy said, beginning a slow, woozy pedal. It was too slow and too woozy. They chased him, and someone slashed his back tire, and he went tumbling. And again, Andy was seized and kneed and dragged back over to the bush. Perhaps it was another, another bush. As they were hauling him, Ollie could wonder if it had been Yvonne, whatever her name was, the one with the red panties. Had she seen him? Had she gone and told? This hurt most of all. He was in the air, and then he was crashing through start. <clears throat> he was in the air, and then he was crashing through sharp, stubborn shrubbery. He landed, gasped, and it hurt. Somebody threw his bike down into the bushes after him. Now I just want to say this is a, I'm very I'm quite happy with the ending of this I'm quite this is how the, the it's a section called Happy Birthday Zalapan it's a, it's the first section of here in absentia and that's how it ends that's how Happy Birthday Zalapan that's how it ends and that needs to end that way too if anyone knows anything to do with I'm doing a few things there's a few things at play here that's all I want to say I'm not even going to give it away let the scholars find out. Scholars of this book that will never be published. Let's get on some music. I like it today because the stock market's opening again and I'm enjoying my day trading. I like the weekdays, even though I lost a whole bunch of money on Friday. In theory, the stock just went down. But I'm developing this little theory and it's coming together, this little stock idea, this little investment theory, which I might, I might even start giving away investment advice on this show if it really starts working. A little early for that. A little early for that. Dream school. Dream school. Dream school. It's a nice little ambient background. 
let's pick it up later later because this is a long this is a 37 minute so I played a bit of it let's go to where should we go right here silenter let's start here in the interval as McLuhan would say that's where the action is I'm also quite happy because I've learned about I've I've learned I've learned that there's an existence of some some footage that's extremely important to the academic community. I don't know about the academic community. It's important for everyone. It's important for everyone. The more I study McLuhan, uh, am I gonna get back into this again? Oh, I'll save that for something else. <laughs> I need a break from McLuhan. I've had too much McLuhan in the past three days and it explodes my head. Including the discovery of the film The Picnic in Space, 1963, with Harley Parker and Marshall McLuhan. That's crazy. I'm still I'm still reeling from that from I'm reeling from knowledge of the reels. I'm reeling from knowledge of the reels, because the the footage that exists is reels. It's reels of footage. This is a little loud. Let's go somewhere else. Go. I also stole from this for Tree Planter Land. In fact, the first, uh, <coughs> the first, the first, uh, first sound a person hears in, in Tree Planter Land. That's interesting. Another connection. The first sound you hear in Tree Planter Land is, is from Dreams to Ghoul. Stolen. I don't know if it, probably acknowledged, but stolen. Borrowed. Amplified, repurposed. Uh, it, the note at the very beginning, before a tree is planted, and then you hear the voice of uh, Patricia Michener saying something like, "Nobody knows what it's like to be a tree planter," or something like that. And interestingly enough, I was reading the thesis to Tree Planter Land just uh, just yesterday, just because of the. The McLuhan-esque-ness, and uh, the, the, the thesis is called Experience the Greatest Shit Show on Earth, which I find is a great name. I should publish this damn thing. I should. It's, it's good. It's a nice piece of writing. It's a nice piece of writing, well put together. They could not, they couldn't fail me. When I presented this, thank God. Where I talk, I think I even talk about Jeremy in here. That's why I'm going to scroll it. It talks about, it's all about McLuhan. Even like McLuhan and audio, like, huh, even, I forgot about this McLuhan quote. Many of McLuhan's ideas on, it was about trying to use McLuhan's tricks to involve the audience. One of the things that puzzles many people about our world of advertising is that there seems to be such a strange disproportion between the effect of the ad and the content. This is what McLe McLuhan being quoted. Take up the Picasso painting such as man sitting in a chair. You see no chair. You see no man. But the painting is designed to convey the effect of sitting in a chair, not the appearance, not what it looks like, but what it feels like. Feels that's interesting. It's like Jeremy Stewart's quoted in, uh, as he quoting Boeing, saying it's not what you sing, but what it sounds like. But McLuhan says, not what it looks like, but what it feels like. 
this painting, the effect minus the appearance is a means of involvement. And the painters and poets alike sought increasingly the techniques of involvement of our time. So tree planter land was a rather hackney way of, um, of, of utilizing some McLuhan-esque, mostly McLuhan's techniques of involvement that I could detect in my readings. It haven't really been, his techniques of involvement haven't been focused upon so much because McLuhan's famous, uh, his famous saying, the medium is the message, kind of turns one's attention away from the content of a message. But McLuhan had so many things to say about, like, uses of content as well. He just said, and, and rightly so, that the medium the medium of, of, is the most effective of all the tricks. And even more than anything, any influential paragraph or film or ad you can make, you're going to be much more, your life will be much more influenced by the medium, like the whole setup of whatever the medium is that is used to deliver these little messages. That's going to influence you more than, uh, than the messages themselves. But he didn't say the messages were uninfluential. You can totally influence people by messages. He wasn't saying that. That's the whole other side of McClellan. But there's just so much to study. We were talking about Pithy earlier with Jeremy. Holy crikey. Uh, yeah, holy crikey. Holy crikey. So I'm talking about tree plant. This is a nice, this, I should publish this. This is important. I mean, I've, I'm getting shit on. I get banned from the tree planting community. Yeah, I should publish this. About aboutness talks about the great Regulo Kanathan. Unsteady bop of sense sense ratios and sensibility. All McLuhan, McLuhan and his sense ratios. I was trying all this shit in my film. I was trying it at least. I'm not. I was about the point, pointillism style of of Surat, for one. Uh, you know, pointillism, pointillism, or however you fucking say that is that art form that with all those dots. And it'll make up like a, you'll, it's just tons of dots and you'll see like a side, it'll just make, it's kind of, you piece it together. It's kind of like a, early, a precursor to those big puzzles that you stare at and then you don't see anything and then finally you see it. It's probably exactly the same as that. Surat was consciously aiming at a not merely visual, but total sensuous involvement. He wanted all the senses to be involved in the painting and that's why he used this rear projection. So... Uh, okay, blah, 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 tree plant, McLuhan. McLuhan will also call the arrangement of the numerous perspectives and polar extremes in tree planter land acoustic. McLuhan always talked, McLuhan, <laughs> he always talked about acoustic space. Jeremy Stewart has a fine appreciation of acoustic. They're talking about, uh, who are they talking about here? They're talking about Jimmy Carter, I think, or... Who are they talking about? Yeah, they're talking about Jimmy Carter, the way Jimmy Carter spoke. And McLuhan was talking about how not the content of his words, but the manner of delivery of his words, uh, how it was very involving, how it makes the audience just hang on the next phrase. You actually will notice some of this technique in McLuhan's own speaking, that he makes likes to pause a lot. He likes to... Uh, he likes to involve the audience because he'll make a pause, he'll sit there, you're breathing, you're not trying to process what he's saying, you're waiting for the next thing to process. And Tom, this Tom Wolfe, author of Bonfire of the Vanities, uh, who had a good deal in, in, in increasing McLuhan's celebrity. Uh, what the hell is this? See, a podcast doesn't have to be about anything, half an hour of rambling. There's got to be some interest here. The themes will repeat themselves, the patterns, 
Why do I have to pattern it in advance? I'm not, this isn't the scientific method. I don't have to have a premise, a hypothesis, a theme. That's what solitary confinement in the digital age is. That's what I've discovered in solitary confinement, that you can, your mind can open and there's some kind of value in the open, unstructured mind. So Thomas Wolfe was speaking about Jimmy Carter's what manner of speaking, saying it's a very stilted kind of speech that Southern Episcopalian minister uses with the ah uh, uh, expression. Like he wasn't talking about Jimmy Carter here, but about the minister, forgive us uh, our uh, trespasses and uh, it's a kind of English mannerism. And McLuhan said, those hesitations and those intervals are exact are actually very involving. It makes the audience just hang on the next phrase. It's like a stutterer who keeps you on the ropes, waiting for him to form another word. Talks about the put on. Yeah, so that was a narrative style I tried to use in Tree Planter Land. It was kind of this slow, it didn't work. I hate my own narrative in that thing. Most of it, some of it I don't mind, but most of what I'm trying to put on that character, I didn't do it, I didn't do it forcefully enough. I wasn't defined enough about being the absolute I should have just been another character. I should have given myself another name in that film. That's what I should have done. But then I would have been excoriated for that. Once it was learned that I was hiding behind the film, it would have been like, you know, we've all, we've all seen the Stephen Brown uh, phenomenon, so-called, so-called poets trying to prevent another poet from being published. And so here, oh, Oh, Jerry, that's another Jeremy. McLuhan's suppressed Catholicism. I mentioned the Falun Gong, Falun Dafa, Vipassana, Sikhism, Buddhism, Taoism. Those are some of the contrapuntal. Oh, this is because uh, of Cheap Planter Line employs like a Glenn Gouldian contrapuntinality. You know, whatever. When I moved to Toronto in 2010 to commence studies at Ryerson, I knew very little about Marshall McLuhan and certainly had no idea that he would come to dominate so much of my thesis project. The lighthearted tone in which this paper recounts the various McLuhan-centric coincidences that my wanderings through Toronto unearthed should not detract from the profound impact these coincidences have had upon me, an impact that resonates throughout Tree Planter Land. The film is a fragmented, many-headed testament to the power of psychogeography. Doesn't mean it's good. <laughs> I have suggested that my role as a tree planter, my preference for an observational style of camera work and my practice of the derive have all accelerated my susceptibility to the physical environment. But the rational explanation I offer in no way diminishes my amazement at the extent to which the landscape, be it a Nazco maelstrom, or Forest Hill Ravine, the theory and the art of my project have enriched, contained, and even delivered the film's poetic vision. Broadly speaking, in such, ge such geographic influence can include a face-to-face -face counter with Pennebaker, who told me that in filmmaking, the editing is the writing, or with Lokanathan, who upon a day reeve through Toronto's annex neighborhood shared his ideas on isness and aboutness that were so helpful to me when it came to visualize my film. Without my constant proximity to McLuhan's aura in the Nordheimer Ravine, Nordheimer Ravine, or is it Nordheimer Ravine? Whoops. I doubt very much whether I would have been drawn towards literature for, tech, for techniques to make my footage come alive. McLuhan's McLuhan repeatedly claimed that in all his media investigations, 
that all his media investigations were nothing more than applied Joyce, or that Joyce, along with Ezra Pound and Wyndham Lewis and other writers, deserves credit for opening the doors of perception on the poetic process and its role in adjusting the reader to the contemporary world. My study of media began and remains rooted in the works of these men, McLuhan said in 1969. Thanks to some landmarks that lie in the Nordheimer ravine, Heimer, Nordheimer ravine. One of them's a character in Native Naked Gun. One of them, the guy in the wheelchair, Naked Gun Two and a Half, is called Nordheimer, I believe. And one of them's the ravine is called Nordheim. It's probably I don't know. Anything. I hope this wasn't my final coffee. I'm pretty sure it's Nordheim ravine, but maybe it's Nordheimer. Just like the, I know no. Anyway, thanks to some landmarks. And the timely arrival of McLuhan's collected letters, Tree Planter Land is rooted in these men too. The board's mad comrade, Ivan Chechnikov, could have predicted what would happen when I started my wanderings around Toronto neighborhood and placing myself at the mercy of the feng shui of its terrain. Writing about the derive, he has remarked, all cities are geological and you can't take three steps without encountering ghosts armed with the prestige of their legends. We evolve in a closed landscape whose landmarks draw us incessantly towards the past. Now, Ivan Chechetogov, that's a, don't even fault me for not being able to pronounce that one, was a comrade of uh, Guy Debord and just, you know, insightful. He was a poet. I believe he was also charged, I believe he was also a madman um, at one point charged with a conspiracy to blow up the Eiffel Tower. Just an aside. I've tried to work backwards from effect to cause to expose Tree Planter Land's debt to these prestigious ghosts who seem to emerge from the landscape throughout my project, most prominently Hemingway, Gould, McLuhan. If I had to be half crazy to perceive them, I would have been even crazier to ignore them. They were established highballers, masters of media, I, an upstart novice struggling to make a work of dot, 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 media. Jung tried to convince me that their enchanting presence should not be shrugged off, shrugged off, that it was a meaningful arrangement. Paz, Octavia, Octavio, would posit that it was the other way around, that my poetic vision had infused the landscape with its power. I can only maintain that in following the cues and clues of my environment, I cited for exploration and experimentation over explanation. I strove to ride the currents and appreciate the patterns without developing any theory isness over aboutness awareness is the opposite of thought i can say this though in i can say i can say this though in making tree planter land i behaved as though the perspectives of both jung and paz were accurate that the landscape could empower my vision and that my vision could empower the landscape since i behaved as though both could happen both did the effect affected the cause or some such thing i'm sure it would make perfect sense to McLuhan. Do, do, do. Not a bad little thesis. Not a bad little thesis. I gotta say, I got three minutes here. Let's put it on a song by Jeremy in anticipation of his arrival. Uh, why not? Let's see here. My white shirt. Should we do my, we do my white shirt? I kind of feel like my white shirt. Since I just, yeah, I just spilled coffee on my white couch in this episode. So that's it. I like. Oh, I think I already played that in another one. I once thought this song was a. Mm, yeah. Smiling Ghost Brothers. Kind of a fine song in my opinion. Here's Jeremy Stewart with Smiling Ghost Brothers. On solitary confinement in the digital age.
Just to 